Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're talking about minute number 98 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with Cyborg entering the scene from the distance. And then the minutes are going to end. The minute singular is going to end with Diana saying that she lost someone once. Here we go again. (laughs) What do you mean, here we go again? (laughs) I feel like Diana has to explain to everybody that uh, she was in love, I guess. I understand. You know? I thought the same thing at first, too. I think it's the initial reaction a lot of people might have. And I think it's taken more with a with a bigger grain of salt here because I'm just getting it in one minute where it's like god okay here we go we gotta do the whole one woman in love thing and uh you know it's a staple um and you know my my heart goes out to Steve Trevor it really does but uh (laughs) my heart goes out to Chris Pine yeah (laughs) specifically but uh you know it's just like I guess that's the thing that Wonder Woman can use to get on a personal level with people. Um, I understand it in relation to talking to Bruce Wayne and being man so separated from mankind from his own doing. And yeah, Cyborg's doing the same thing now, but he's like day one doing it, whereas Batman was like year 20, you know? Um so it just seems like just that's just like the common ground that one woman as as a demigod can share with man just be like hey look all right i'm just like you fellow kid you know i loved i lost are we friends now there's something that i found really interesting the more i started to not disregard exactly what this minute is about, which is what we're going to be talking about today. It's just, you know, Diana talking to Victor and being like, hey, we need you and you might actually need us and we need to work together and here's some sympathy of me that I need you to have and everyone else remembers it because they saw the other movie. But once I, like, took off that first layer and then I started to see this minute as just a sequel to dawn of justice and that the same core team as in Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio who made that movie making this movie and seeing how Chris Terrio writes two superheroes meeting for the first time and trying to get along whereas the other movie was about the inability to get along when they needed to it makes this scene that much better because in Batman versus Superman, you have two kind of alpha white males with a disagreement on, on how to cooperate. And their own uh, priorities outweigh their uh, compromise, basically. And so you have here, you have Wonder Woman, and you have Cyborg, who's kind of like our new Superman. And look how jaded Cyborg is as a character. Very Mm -hmm. similar to the world of of man 
that we see in Batman. He says things like, fuck the world. You call these gifts, like, I'm over this. And, and Wonder Woman was there, too. Wonder Woman's like, yes, I've been down that path as well. But something that we see from her that we never saw from Superman and Batman was the ability to allow herself to be vulnerable and to explain to him, I understand how you feel. This is how I feel. This is how I felt in the past. This is what has happened to me to show you that I am not some immortal God who's asking you for your servitude. I am a, a person with feelings and, and, and heartbreak and, and pain. I've suffered just as you have suffered. And I am asking, not telling you, because you ultimately have a choice on whether you want to or not, but I think it would be in your best interest, not only for the sake of the world, but also for your own healing that you join us and, and help us be together. And yeah. she's saying all this, which Batman and Superman could, could never have done. And it's, it's that kind of dichotomy, if you will, of these two superheroes interacting versus those two heroes trying to interact in the worst ways. Like this is the same team. This is still a Zack Snyder movie. This is still Chris Terrio writing. It's and he's still like, a man and a god having a conversation. Exactly. And it's it's flipped. It's like the complete opposite of yeah. what it would be like if Wonder Woman was just around <laughs> to be like, listen, don't need to cut it out. We've been down this path. Like, we need to come together. We had and a whole movie of this fight, and this and this lady summed it up in sixty seconds. And she exactly. and she did it and walked away in heels and a Mercedes. <laughs> in a Mercedes. Yeah. That's the power of Wonder Woman right there. Take notes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's, if there's anyone who, you know, I wouldn't blame if they chose no, it would be Cyborg. I mean, obviously he's the most needed member of the team, not even Superman really, which this movie kind of highlights. Well, Flash is kind of necessary for Control Z, but Cyborg is so important, but his choice is also so important. And I understand if he wants to or not, but she's able to like get on the level that he, sh that he's saying, you know, it's not like she's not asking Cyborg to meet her where she is. She wants to get to his level and be like, I want to understand you. So I need you to like kind of understand me so we can get there. Um, and she does that so well. It's so well finessed. And sure, to us it, as as members, uh, audience members, or, or, or people listening to a story and already knowing the beats of her life, sure, we might just be like, okay, this is in reference to the other movie that I had to watch before I got to this one. But Cyborg doesn't see it like that. That's not what that character is coming into. He doesn't care about that. It's not a reference to the other movie. It's a understanding love lost and how to love again you know you're saying fuck the world but there's still beauty in this place worth saving yeah it's i mean it's it goes back to the idea of walking a mile in shoes you know yeah, and this is a, a character Louis yeah and this is, and she walked a couple miles in those in those louis v's and she's just trying to get cyborg to be like hey man i get it you know i was there i understand and uh, 
it's it's all true. She was there. She does understand. She did say fuck the world and went and did her own thing, you know? And she was... Yeah. She didn't need anybody. Um, so it's pretty... Yeah, it's it's pretty cool that you pointed out that it's the opposite of the last movie's confrontation that we had. And, man, wrap it up with a pretty bow in 60 seconds and beef is squashed. It's also like... Thinking back to Man of Steel, which, with with the same kind of weight, the same kind of trial that Earth had, where you know Krypton had its chance, and you have Superman being that division, like that, almost like General Zod is being his his ghost of inner struggle between: Do I save this world or do I not? Or do I do I bring Krypton back? And is this world worth saving? It's th- it's, it's here right now where. Cyborg and Wonder Woman are the representation of that, of God and man, and being two sides of the same coin and deciding if the world is worth saving despite the heartbreak that you've received. And with Man of Steel, you get that through Superman alone. And he has to decide that. And it becomes a big question throughout that movie. I'm really curious to know if I part of me like in a fantasy as far as fanfic goes like I would love to see Man of Steel get rewritten by Chris Terrio and see how he would play with those same kind of ideologies and concepts and cuz it was written by David S. Goyer. Mm-hmm. So it was written to be a little bit different. And they wanted to follow the same vein as Batman Begins. But the way Chris Terrio orchestrates the DNA of these superheroes, I really would love to see a Chris Terrio written version of Man of Steel because I feel like he could really tighten those strings around, like the poetic motifs of, you know, the representation of Krypton, the represent representation of Earth, and what it means for a man who's considered a god and wants to be. Um, a but I mean, I get, for, we got for, that in Dawn of Justice. I was saying, really, what what more did we are we missing from just Man of Steel? And it's really just like the Krypton stuff. Because I mean, we got duality of man esque thing with his Clark Kent and his Superman, you know, does the world need a Superman, yada, yada, that whole shtick. I was thinking, like, would we want a Chris Terrio year one Superman? And I think we did get that in Dawn of Justice. But mm, do we want a Chris Terrio Superman origin? And where does the origin stop? At just rocket ship crashing onto farm? Or do we want a Chris Terrio young Clark Kent story if that's the thing because I mean we get like the big choices I think for that character in Dawn of Justice yeah you're right you are right although I do I yeah I like I really do like Man of Steel I wish more people would come around to it yeah and I think that's what I'm asking for. It's like I wish Chris Terrio was given the reins to do 
exactly what we love about Man of Steel, but do it in a way that people could feel more okay with, feel more comfortable loving it. I think that's I think that's the tricky part. I think Man of Steel is the hardest one for people to love. I think Dawn of Justice more so is like most people haven't seen the Ultimate Edition. When they do, then they come around to it. Um, and if anyone thinks it's a garbage movie, they're kind of <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. A lot of people like this movie, and they don't want to admit it, but they know they do. And it's very obvious why it works. And it's because they know how to construct a superhero movie. It's just a lot of people aren't open to the eye of deconstructing. They're they're not open to the idea of deconstructing a superhero movie, which is what Watchmen and Dawn of Justice does. But Man of Steel is a really good superhero movie on its own. But there's a lot there that people can't get around to accepting. And if Zack Snyder was just given full control of that kind of movie and Chris Terrio was involved, I think that would have been such a much better designed Zack Snyder movie. And I think that's the only thing that Man of Steel suffers from is those weights from from the Dark Knight trilogy that kind of expectations of that movie always have. Um, the syncopy expectations. Yeah. Whatever. Move yeah. past it. Exactly. Let's get Move back past to camp. It. <laughs> Let's get back to good camp. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, camp that matters, you know. Um, but uh, so we have here something that's different in this scene that like visually is cyborg in the 2017 version is just cyborg right um i even think he's still wearing the sweat the 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 hoodie and the sweatpants and all that stuff like he's still wrapped up in, in that kind of clothing but here in this version when he lands he's just in the cyborg robot flesh if you will like he's it's just cyborg and he's carrying the mother box in a messenger bag around his shoulder. Um, we don't really have context for what he's planning to do with that yet, but it just shows that he has it, which is interesting to think about why they chose to design him that way. And I don't know. I don't know if if you feel differently about the scene because he looks like that. Um, yeah, the entire scene is is like... It's completely different. I mean, the back and forth shots between the two of them are like really intense close-ups. And it like, I mean, so much that you can see like pores on Ray Fisher. And it's like, dang. And and it has that like color smoothing where everything has that orange tint to it. I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. I understand what they were going with in 2017 with keeping the hoodie and keeping that effect of, you know concealing this character um but no this scene from 2017 looks so much like a fake movie set that it's so hard to get past literally anything that they're talking about in in the in the movie itself it's just so oversaturated and plastic looking 
it's upsetting. This this minute right here. Yeah, he doesn't even... Cyborg comes out from, like, the side of the alley in 2017. He doesn't do a flyover. The, the, the streetlights go out, and it pans over, you know, to, to where it's supposed to have him flying from that building. Um, but he's just, like, coming into frame from the side of the alley in sweats. Yeah, yeah it is... Unspectacular. <laughs> it's like there's nothing really spectacular about the moment in that other version. And I think that's that's the difference. That feels like how it felt like to talk about it right here where we're saying like, okay, Wonder Woman does her bit where she talks about the other movie she was in. All right, let's move on. You know, and it's not, it's not that it's, it's about cyborg. It always has to be about cyborg, but maybe because in this movie, we've already had the cyborg origin background bit that we kind of gravitate more to understanding this character in this moment. Because the other one is like, we saw him just talk to his dad and that's it. Then he says, okay, meet here and. Now we have Diana talking to, I guess, one of the other Justice League members. And, like, that's it. So maybe it's more of a context issue. Yeah. And then on top of that, then they're like, okay, well, he's still in the sweater. We don't see the superhero suit. Um, We don't really know what happened to him either. And we're not going to have him, like, fly in with style and land and being completely in the robot suit so we can enjoy like the visual effects of it. It's like, nah, he can just step from the shadows and be this kind of cold character. I bet you it just looked too dark for, for everybody else. I mean, this whole scene with, with him talking to Diana, it just looked too scary and, and, and not optimistic. It's so negative. I mean, it fits with everything else and everything that we've seen with Cyborg and how he views his world now with his new abilities and, you know, the accident that he went through. It all fits in context, but when you jump to 2017 and you see just the complete mashup of, of reshoots, it the pacing changes in a weird way. Um, it's just wrong <laughs> i don't know how else to explain it but uh but no this um what we're getting here with with victor in full cyborg regalia and him angry at everything and still really paranoid about what he just like uh what he just witnessed and and everything that's just happening i mean he just like dodged a parademon that was just chilling out front of his apartment the dude was has got to be paranoid out the wazoo. And he's keeping this mother box, like, you know, close to his chest. It fits with everything that we've seen from this character leading up to this point. 2017 is just a weird oh. way to introduce, like, it's it's a weird subtlety introduction of just, like, 
cyborg mentioning like yeah i've been monitoring the cameras and surges or whatever you know satellite imagery the entire time i'll let you know if the mother box comes into sight it's like making it seem like he's been involved the entire time behind the scenes and it's like no dude he's been like the outcast he's been trying to not be working with people if anything he just wants to do his own thing and the other version of the movie can't even reveal that he has the mother box no it's just him in the sweat that's why like the reshoot you can see where like the actual cut is from diana's her walking up the street and then cut to supposed to be the front of her where cyborg is is flying in and it's just uh yeah cyborg walking out of the out of an alley and it's (laughs) great great decision there yeah We'll just have you walk into frame here. Yeah. Like, what? It's really, how do, how do we do it easy? Just walk into frame, I guess. You can literally just have a shot of him landing. Superhero landing down. Yeah, but... Just like three-point landing. Boom. Ground shatter. CGI. Like, do something. Nah, go ahead and step out. Say your lines. Let's go. No, thank you. Ah, uh, no, I'm yeah, because uh, I I I don't watch it. I don't I, I I barely watch the other version. Now I just bring it Especially up to see the differences. And I and like I remember it, but I don't remember the continuity differences. Like I don't remember like why he can't have the mother box on him because I know what he's about to do in this movie. And now with the context of, of the things we have talked about. But then thinking about that movie and how it's different and then having to remember contextually why it has to be different because they chose to do things differently in that movie or to erase certain parts of the story. So now they can't have those things still in the continuity. It's, it seemed it's, like the continuity so fight was just more than than was. It seemed like it was more of a bothersome thing than trying to f- quote fix something. It's like okay, well now you have all of these continuity errors that you have to deal with, and then there's like, your reshoots. Literally deleting entire threads until they're left with a movie that's an hour and thirty minutes, and then they're like, well, now it's too short, so we'll fill it in with the Russian family bit or some old lady on a news channel. Yeah. And just like, well, now the, now the whole thing has to be reshot. You had a Martha Lois scene, but now because of everything, we can't even show that scene. You have to redo it as a totally different scene and make it sexist. And God knows what else. This is embarrassing. Um, the only other note I had for this scene is there's a phone number here. Got another bit of numbers. I don't know if anyone feels like they want to call it, but it says uh, it's on this newsstand. It says, uh, you know, call here to subscribe. And the number is 958-100-5181. Feel free to call it. Let us know if it works. I don't feel like doing that anymore, <laughs> but I'm sure someone can find out what the numbers mean, if they mean anything. Um, people love to see what's going on. Um, There was also a lot more uh, posters uh, created for this movie and scattered around this Gotham City street. Uh, It's the one thing in the Justice League Art of book that they do have multiple pages for, 
And that is upsetting because the art of book, as we've explained before, is complete trash. And they don't really want to talk about anything, but they'll sure show you about five different pages of custom-made artwork and street art for the movie uh, that exists in the background if you are so interested in that. So if you want to see the Daily Planet being dunked like a basketball for their sports section, uh, you can find that in the Art of Book, and I'm sure it is worth the money. (laughs) Just how can we fill up 100 pages worth of crap? They're like, uh, art department, you guys want to put in anything? Yeah, yeah. How about this dark side concept art? Like, nah, you no, got no, anything no, no, that's, no, no, no. uh, how about those posters? It's like, uh, we did that in Photoshop, like the day of. I'm like, great. Let me get the full size render of that. And we'll put that right in there. That's exactly what people who love Batman and Superman really want to see the time and effort that it took to make these posters, not how cool Steppenwolf was going to look before we completely obliterated this movie. Yeah. So that'll be $30. <laughs> okay. So um, with that being said, that's all I have for this one, Nate. I don't know if you have anything else for this minute. No, it's going to wrap it up. Cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. So if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes. And our other podcast, you can find us at Radio Doom Patrol, and you can find us there talking about every episode of HBO Max's Doom Patrol. We've talked about season one and season two. We even had some uh, a certain person who joined us to talk about uh, season two as we wrapped up there. I won't say who, um, but definitely listen through that. We got some great commentary on Doom Patrol in general got to really enjoy talking about those characters so we're really excited to talk about season three and you know i there's a second trailer that that came out recently i've been kind of uh keeping away from it to be honest because i saw the initial one that came out and i kind of took that for what it was and i was like all right i got it i'm excited but everyone's so excited about this latest one and i've just been like i don't want to see it yet because i want it to be more of a surprise for me and less of checking boxes of like, okay, this this part of Doom Patrol is coming up and, you know, getting ready to see that. Um, that's kind of how I want to go into season three. I want to be surprised by every little thing that happens and not so much expecting like, okay, when's the butterfly collector show up? Or, you know, when's <laughs> Rain and Muncie Mala show up? Like, I don't want to be surprised by things like that anymore. Or I don't want to be not surprised by things like that anymore so definitely check out Doom Patrol Radio as well and we'll check you guys out tomorrow for minute number 99 of Zack Snyder's Justice League